Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a fright. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the king of horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be talking about the Mad Monkeys film pick of the week, The Descent, from 2005, directed by Neil Marshall of Dog Soldiers fame. But first and foremost, I am joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Googie Keith. Farewell and adieu. You fast Spanish ladies. It's ladies. What is <laughs> oh. happening, everybody? Welcome to Talking Terror. So glad that you could join us for tonight's episode. And as always, I am joined by the psychotic simian, the mad monkey, the prince of Memorial Day. Yes, get fucking with the monkey. Yeah, King, we get we getting fucking we getting fresh because you know what time it is, right, fans? So slip on those cans as you slip into those jams and replace yourself with the sexy, sultry sounds of Talking Terror, your favorite horror podcast. Where we are coming in your ears live every Wednesday night from nine to eleven p.m. But if you can't catch us live, don't worry, baby. You can always catch us and revisit all of your favorite episodes in the Talking Terror catacombs available on Spotify and iTunes. Just remember to show your love for the show and click on that like button. <laughs> like and subscribe to Talking Terror on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah! What's up, Fright Family? <laughs> show the way there, to go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he is Woo! tired and he wants to go to bed. He Stop had it. a little <laughs> drink about an hour ago and went right oh, to his lie. bed. <laughs> <laughs> So show me the way to go home, to land or <laughs> see your <laughs> phone. <laughs> Whenever you hear me, I'll be singing this song. Oh, show me uh, the way to go home. Got to crush it like Quint. 700 went into the water. <laughs> see those black eyes like doll's eyes. <laughs> so... We're Don't go Loomis on it. Don't the, go uh, Loomis on it. No. no, almost did. Almost took right into Loomis. <laughs> I saw the uh, It's the devil's eyes. Eyes. <laughs> I'm going to catch that up. shock. I shot it six Loomis. times. Loomis and Quint on a boat. <laughs> oh, man. This is the greatest, you know, matchup ever of Loomis and Quint on a bridge. Hey, so I see you got a little bit of swimming water, don't you, Lewis? I do. I'm going to shoot that shot six times. Damn it. I need to send him to hell. You're a little intense to me, Lewis. Charles comes out of the water. He's got a little fucking Michael Myers mask on one of his chairs. Hello. No. No, Michael. Wow, there's a shark wearing a Michael Myers mask. That's fucking weird. No, no. He's taking shock form. We have to stop him. <laughs> taking shark form. Damn. 
This man oh, is no, a human. He's a shark. Him, man. He's a oh, shark. It's like, it's like King Shark who just took over the Austin. No, we that's, can't summarize this at home. It's like when you play a video game, you know what I mean? And you're fighting some boss and, like, you get the health. You get its health, like, halfway down and you're like, oh, man, this fucking, this fight's a piece of cake. Then all of a sudden it transforms into, like, something else completely using all different kinds I of regenerate. Actions, like, like and fucking slap the shit out of you. You're like, oh, well, yeah, I thought I was being successful. That's why we have to reach out to Trankus and to Dimension and be like, you know what? i got a great new idea. Halloween shark coming this October. Maya shark! <laughs> the, the most deadliest shark in the ocean, the Maya shark. I shot him six times. Loomis, can you go? You're really intense. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Maya shock, I tell you. He's not human. I'm, I'm make it in 3D where no dimension is safe. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. My man, we got our tickets. But yes, we're also joined by a very astute... A new kind of fear. The demonic dean, everybody, is with us. Welcome, dean. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for the for the intro and the, and the kind words. I'm glad to be Just here. Just talking a little bit last week. That's okay. You're back this week to talk about the descent later on in the show. We were just talking yes. about the Michael Myers shark and woman taking over its queen. Yeah, baby, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> ah, speaking of you, come on, make you horny. I do. <laughs> Don't yes, make you that, <laughs> Speaking of, do you like me too? Speaking of, did everybody get the chance to take in uh, Jaws in IMAX? That was going to be my lead in because I want to talk about She Hulk a little bit later, but I know that I did. Uh, I know that the ghoul did. Uh, did you get a chance to see a thing? Uh, yes, I did. I, I, I posted. I didn't. I, I like posted from it for you guys, didn't I? Uh, no, so I saw Instagram, but that was from the ghoul, so I didn't see your uh. post. Uh, all right. I, no, I, so, I think I was the dean actually that that posted on the on the gram, man. I thought that was no, you on the gram. Okay. I thought, I, I, thought no. I sent it in the group, like from the uh, no, bro. No, no. I'm, I'm uh, I know he tweeted it. I went uh, mm. I went in reverse in our in our group chat, and I did say that I was going to hit it either tonight, that being Sunday night, or yes, after talking to her on Wednesday. So I did see it. On Sunday night, I caught in. I took the late. I caught the late show. I took like, a, like I saw like a ten twenty showing on Sunday night. Um, okay, excellent. So, all right, yeah, uh, it's so, fucking awesome. You know, I know the monkey. You didn't get a chance to see it uh, in IMAX like uh, we did. Uh, so I want to go over to the ghoul because you brought Sam. Yeah, got a chance in man. IMAX. Still got a chance. First experience do it tomorrow, bro. <laughs> oh, there you go. I got to. I got to work, baby. <laughs> Go yeah, have physical. Work, man. Yeah. Go have to work. I got I got work physical it. therapy tomorrow, man. <laughs> but just okay, so, you know, <laughs> I, okay. I got the COVID, man. <laughs> Came down with that shock disease. I got shock COVID. Shark COVID. Shark COVID, man. He's got the shark COVID. No, I got the. That's the worst I got them the, all. The, I got that shark 19. I can't control the work. He's got the Mako 19. No. That's the worst. Thoughts and prayers. So, with that being said, yes. Uh, Ghoul, 
You wanted to go see an IMAX? You took Sam. It was the first time. Tell us about it. How did it go? Dude. Oh, I mean, listen, first and foremost, obviously, it's Jaws. Okay? It's been, mm-hmm. you know, completely restored, fully 4K. I mean, look, the, the movie, whatever quality you're watching on. I can pull out, you know, well, I think the dean actually said recently he's got my VHS copy of it. Um, it's, a it's a possibility. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. But, you know, like, so, so I know that, that, that no matter what, I can, I can always watch Jaws, and I'm always going to enjoy it. Now, I do own the 4K version when they, they release that digitally. Um, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. I grabbed grab that on, on Xbox, and I, I've watched it. This is a movie that, you know, is easily probably a twice-a-year type of film, uh, if not more. Um, it's just one of those mm-hmm. movies oh, yeah. that, and it's, it's not a, it's not a go to sweet movie either. It's a, I'm putting no, it on and no. I'm going to be watching Jaws for the next two hours. You know, it's just how it goes. Um, so yeah, so, so, so here we are, we're in the IMAX theater. One, Sam has never been to an IMAX before. So as soon as we, we walk whoa. into the theater, she sees the screen and she's like, whoa. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I go, this is a big fucker, man. It wasn't just the two of us. A couple other people had uh, had gotten tickets and joined us. Nice. And overall, maybe maybe there were six people in the theater though total, including us. Uh, maybe maybe eight. Um, people just don't like spending money on stuff, man. It's, and you know those, those IMAX tickets can can get up there. Uh, I, I think I paid yeah, sixteen bucks for Sam's. You know, so my my ticket was covered mm. with the A list, but uh, but hers was like sixteen dollars. Um, and then another forty dollars worth of pretzels and popcorn and soda and all that. Cheese <laughs> and all that. And, and, yeah. and, and again, so, and again, uh, how old is she? Ten now? Twelve. 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 Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Be, Please she'll continue. Be, she'll Thank be you. Thirteen in March. Um, all right. You know, I, I'm a little upset. They changed the cheese. Um, you know, whatever oh. brand they have. <laughs> oh. And it's, it's like, and they even changed the pretzels too. Uh, the, the pretzels mm. I can live with. The cheese though. Not to not to my flavoring. I was really not very happy with it. So that kinda kinda made me sad. Oh, this is the, the place in New Brunswick. I don't go there that often. I yeah. typically hit the East Brunswick place. I'm hoping they didn't change the cheese. Don't change the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so don't change the so again, Jaws, a movie I've seen, you know, a, a billion zillion times, you know, and every time I'm always going to enjoy it. But, you know, all those mm-hmm. jump scare moments, those loud noises, those surprises all of those things that are so familiar to me, literally going in with Sam, who has zero, zero idea, except for the fact that she knows that yeah. this is a shark movie. Um, Jaws is still a very effective fucking horror movie. And that made me so happy because here we have a kid. Mm-hmm. She watches plenty of horror movies. She, she knows about jump scares. And don't get me wrong. She, she, she's a kid still. So she still pops, you know, even like at jump scares during like the conjuring and it and stuff like that. But all the proper moments of jaws are just so effective. So, mm-hmm. so, so effective. The moment the the head pops out of the little hole when, when Hooper's underwater, <laughs> I mean, it elicited a little shriek from her. Even like that's how like scary the stinger was at that point. The 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 moment when the little Kittner boy turns into a, a small geyser of blood, like the look on her <laughs> face was like, 
oh my god like she wasn't like, she didn't ask me if there was a lot of blood in the film and I was like I kind of just gave a shrug you know because no I look at it and yeah no there's not that much blood in Jaws but when you when you're looking at it from that perspective when you look at it from the perspective of being like hey I still like going to the beach and going in the water to, you know what man I don't think I'm going to go that well, deep that. anymore yeah, exactly. I uh, she, had, she had a great time. She enjoyed the movie very much. She very awesome. much likes. Uh, she loved Quint. She thought he was oh, great, yeah. which I thought was funny not. because at that at that age, I was like I was anti Quint. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, just, I wasn't yeah. a fan. I thought he was mean. You know, out of them all, she thought Brody. <laughs> you know, she thought Brody was like curmudgeon. She thought he was boring and like he he was kind of like whatever. Agreed. Guy, but. But she does. She could do without him. But Quentin Hooper, she loved. She was even sad. She thought that Hooper was like when she saw Hooper getting attacked in the cage. Like I look over at her face and she's like, hands up, hands up to her, like her mouth and her nose, like oh my god, they're gonna kill my like my favorite character. And Quint's death, seriously, like I was almost surprised there were no tears as he went sliding down, and she realized that he might actually be getting eaten. It was like, again, her hands up on her face, like, and I could see, like, the tension, like, in her face at that moment as he's fighting and he's kicking. And then, like, that, that bite happens and that the blood comes, like, spewing out of his mouth. It's just her face yeah. like, oh, man. It was amazing. It was, like, it was like seeing it all over again for the first time for myself, and I fucking loved it. That's so oh, awesome. That's so Dude. cool. That's a great story. And she's never going to forget that. You never forget the first time you see Jaws. Uh, you know, it's so cool that you got to see it in IMAX, like, and just really cool. So, uh, okay, so, Dean, what did you think about seeing it in IMAX? What was your reaction? I mean, it, look, first off, it was fucking incredible. Um, I don't even think that I've ever seen any movie in IMAX before. Um, okay. Uh for real, I can't recall an experience that I've had seeing anything in IMAX. So right, when right. I was walking up, like, the particular theater that I saw it at in the East Bay, uh, you know, once you went in the door to the theater room, there was, like, like a little bit of a winding hallway to get around to the seating area where you can see the screen. And, like, when I saw this, and I was, you know, like I said, this was a Sunday night, and granted it was a Monday holiday, but this was a Sunday night 1020 showing, and... I bought my ticket. I bought my ticket right before I left the house, and in this big, in this big theater, I was able to see that only like three other seats had been sold. Uh, so when wow. I went in, I was the first one there. But when I when I turned the corner and saw the size of the screen, like I just I got <laughs> right. Um, you know, uh, look, Jaws, oh, and I was I was thinking about this after the fact on my drive home, and. You know, it's possible. Uh, I can't say it is, but it's possible uh, that Jaws is one of the films that I have seen more than any other. Uh, it's definitely mm-hmm. in the top three to five movies that I've seen more than any other movie. Uh, like Jaws, without question, uh, is definitely one of those movies. And, um, you know, it was just incredible to have this experience. IMAX or not, like... I've never seen it in a movie theater before. Um, mm-hmm. To see it that clean and and to that size with the with the fucking incredible surround sound, uh, 
you know, so like surround sound so awesome that like in the beginning when they discover uh, the body of the girl in the opening scene, like even like the seagulls yeah. tweeting off in the distance behind my shoulder, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was just yeah. fantastic. And uh, Keith, Keith brought up the, uh, the, the Kittner boy, um, seeing that sequence, RIP. like when you see <laughs> like the fins kind of roll over um, yeah. on that size, that definitely was one scene that was like seeing it for the first time. Like it was incredible mm-hmm. to see that scene on a screen so large, uh, truly. Um, you know, and everything else, it's, it's the fuck, it's fucking Jaws, man. It's the best. Like seeing it like that, seeing the theater alone, you know, I would have gone if it was not IMAX just to see it in the movie theater. Um, but getting it to see it in, in IMAX and being one of like three or four people in the theater. And like, I chose a really good seat, like kind of, you know, three quarters of the way back dead center, like a little bit elevated. Um, it was just fucking perfect experience. And I'm so happy that I went, you know, if I wasn't going to get a chance to go uh, on Sunday, uh, I was definitely going tonight. I believe tomorrow is the last day that they're showing it. Um, but there That's was right. a, a nine, there was a nine forty showing at the, same theater that I saw it at. So if I didn't go on the weekend, I would have been going after Talking Terror, but I'm glad that I went. And, um, you know, if anyone uh, out there happens to be listening and are interested in Jaws and uh, have an IMAX, like I would, like I would drive, I would, I would drive an hour. I would say drive a fucking hour. Like it's totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you've seen it a thousand fucking times, it was just, just, a, you know, it, and it's also, it was also like truly like the first, like seeing the first, like the first summer blockbuster, you know, like, not only is it the fucking best movie, right. it kind of changed the fucking mindset of movies as like events and, and party time and like the summer blockbuster. So it was just so fucking cool. I'm, I'm so glad I went. What, a, what an experience. Nice. Now, and you, King, can, you, saw it, yeah. you saw it in 3D. Yeah. You know, so right. you know, I, know, I, know, I know they did the full IMAX 3D treatment on this thing. Um, yeah. How was that? The real I'm, I'm, temp- I'm tempted to check this out tomorrow. Um, you know, being if it is going to be the last day out there, if I get off of, of work on time and I've got some extra time, you know, I might actually hit the theater with my uh, the last uh, last A list pass of this week and, and do it in 3D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my theater was offering it in IMAX 3D, um, and of course, Jaws wasn't meant to be a 3D movie; like it's just a straight film. Um, but the conversion that they managed to create you really feel like you're in the fucking movie. Like, there's just so much depth to a lot of the scenes. Uh, when Christy dies at the beginning of the movie, like, you feel like you're in the fucking water. Like, the water is splashing up against your face, and you're like, oh, shit. Like, shit's going down. She's dying. Um, it was just incredible how they managed to capture it, uh, where it didn't look bad. Like, I was like, oh, this is going to suck. It's not going to really be a good 3D conversion, but it was. Um, especially when the orca was sinking at the end. Like, you felt like it was coming out of the screen. I was like, oh, shit. Like, the orca is Very in cool. the theater with us right now, and it's going down. <clears throat> but, yeah, just, I, I, there was a couple people in the theater I was in. There was a family. There was a couple kids. And, yes, they screamed their heads off when you see the head pop out when Hopper's in the water. You know, and <laughs> oh, my God! And I was like, yeah, yeah that's fucked up, right? Um, <clears throat> that Ben Gardner? There were things... Oh. Like, there were things I noticed, like, in the movie where I'm like, this is a PG-rated movie. And to see the Kittner boy die and then the body parts, and I was like, wow, Texas Chainsaw Massacre doesn't even have this amount of gore. Like, there's a lot of blood in this movie. 
and this is a PG movie, and I just I loved it. And uh, you know, like I was telling you guys in the group chat, like I didn't realize that when Hopper uh, Hooper goes to visit Brody at night with the two bottles of wine, that he just pours the bottle into his drinking glass and then just goes for it. And I was like, yeah, because he's fucking just I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to fucking do anymore. People are dying. Vaughn won't let me close the beaches. It's fucked up. But the scene that got me, like we talked about, Quint's death. Like, seeing it in IMAX, seeing it in 3D, Robert Shaw did such a great job of looking so terrified of being eaten by a shark. He had survived Indianapolis. And now here he is being sucked into the shark's mouth. Like, he has no way out. There's no escape. So when you see him just fighting it off, like, the, the look in his eyes, I was like, Robert Shaw deserves an Oscar. Like, that, like, you can't replicate that. Like, that's real fear in somebody's eyes. And he did such a great job of that. And then you see him being bitten in half and then the blood spurting up. And I was like, yeah. Only thing that would have been great is if they destroyed the shark and all of a sudden you just see the top half of Quint just laying in the water. Oh, wow. Where did I <laughs> bobbing, like, bobbing like a cork. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> yep. And then Hooper's like, hey, what happened to Quint? And all of a sudden you see, bloop. There's the upper half of his body. Oh. Oh. Well, that sucks. But, yeah, like, Ghoul, like I said, when you were a kid, you didn't really like Quint. I always liked Quint, even when I was a kid. I was like, because he's just the asshole. Like, he survived Indianapolis. He knows about sharks. Like, he doesn't care. Like, you get to see that kind of crazy Ahab moment where he's going to the shore and he's pushing the engine and Hooper's like, don't do it. Don't do it, man. Like, you're going to destroy the engine. He's like, fuck you. Get out of the way. I got this. And like, yeah, he's like Ahab at that moment. Like, we have the shark. We got this. We're going to go. And it's like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. So I just well, yeah, appreciate I mean, I, the character even more. At that point, the shark, had, he had been broken. You know what I mean? Again, you, you're talking yeah. about a man who has spent the last 30 years of his life, you know, pretty much since the sinking of the Indianapolis, surviving all of that. And now he is a shark hunter. You know, he has spent the entirety of his his life and career hunting and killing these things because of what occurred to him, you know? Now, again, one of the things Mm -hmm. as a kid watching the movie, um, and, you know, it's something I didn't talk talk to Sam about to see if she really grasped the full thing or even knew what the Indianapolis was. Um, I didn't know about that stuff when I was, you know, again, seven, eight years old, uh, nine years old, yeah, when I was yeah, yeah. first seeing Jaws, you know. It wasn't until I had mm-hmm. a couple of years on me, had a couple of history courses, you know, stuff like that where, where I understood those things. And, yeah, at those points I started to appreciate Quint a little more. You know, it's funny, too, though, watching it, and maybe it was watching it this time, maybe it wasn't. I've probably even thought about it before. One thing I was thinking when he was also pushing the boat the way he was, if it wasn't so much of an Ahab moment, as much as it is a moment of him knowing that the boat is going down because of the damage and just True. trying to get yeah. as much distance and get that much closer to the shore to possibly give them Could a chance to, to survive this, you know? Yeah, because even uh... – when he tells him about the Indianapolis story, and he goes, I'll never put on a, a life jacket again. You have that moment he where he sees jacket, the life jacket. He's got his military coat on, you know? <laughs> yeah, because he knows he's dead. Like, he knows he's going. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how, but he knows that this is him going down with the ship, which I just – I never realized it again until I saw it this time. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, he put on his jacket, like, yeah, I'm going to go down with my colors on. Like, I'm just going to go down with the orca, and that's it, you know? So you take the life jackets, and you go down there and then take care of things. So, yeah, this – Amazing to see. It was an amazing transfer, and yeah, you know, it's just, everything worked. 
you know, even, you know, I just, I still don't appreciate Brody. Don't care for him. <laughs> like Jack said, hey, it's kind of boring. <laughs> it's kind of a wet towel. You know, that's some bad hat, Harry. That's what He's you are. He's supposed to be us. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're supposed to be Brodies. You know, we're, we're all the Brodies in, in the story. Uh, you know, it's funny watching him as he's on, uh, you know, crossing, uh, you know, on the sides of the boat. And he's going along those thin walkways that you have. And it's just, you know, and, and maybe, again, being that it was on such a big screen and everything and, like, really seeing it, it, rem- it like, took me back to when, like, I was a kid. <laughs> and, like, my poppy yeah. had a similar boat. As, as as Quince, you know, it was a little bit bigger, but like overall, it was it was like a fishing vessel of that nature, and those those were things I would use I used to have to do to like get around to the front of the boat, like whether we were swimming or whether it was just when he was cruising, and you know, it was like, hey Keith, go over there and go get that. And I remember even as, like, a kid being horrified, not even seeing Jaws, but just because you're on this, like, this thin little area, you know what I mean? And even as a kid with small feet, it still felt so tiny. Like, at any point, it was just going to be, like, a little motion that was going to throw me completely from this boat. There was no way my feet were going to stay on this spot, you know? And... So, like, watching him, like, shuffle around on the side of it and kind of being, like, nervous. You see his, his foot slip at one point, too. It was like, man, yeah, that took me <laughs> yeah. back. And I was like, I don't, you know, those are, like, those little things that, like, I do and don't miss all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And to kind of close it out, to round it out, uh, did uh, Ghoul, uh, Monkey, uh, Dean, have you ever seen the deleted scene that wasn't in the movie of Quint making fun of the kid playing a recorder? To kind of make no. him look like an asshole? There's a scene I, in the movie where, I don't yeah, think so. where, where, where Quint is walking in town, and he goes into a shop, and there's a little kid playing a recorder badly, by the way. And Quint sits behind him and starts singing this really obnoxious song louder and louder and louder. And you see this kid starting to cry, and then Quint just laughs and leaves. And I was like, so, yeah. <laughs> they left, they left it out of the movie because... They wanted you to, like, you know, like Quint a little bit, but it was like, yeah, they also had uh, a time where they wanted to make him look like an asshole. And, yeah, it's a random fucking scene, kind of like when he's talking in the, uh, the, the meeting, and he has, like, a partner who has this orange hat on. He's an old guy, and he has a dog, yeah, do- but you never see him again. <laughs> you never see him again. They just go. And I was like, wait, he had a partner? Like, because that guy left with Quint. Like, he didn't stay. He left with Quint left. And I was like, but you never see this guy again. I was like, oh. He's probably just like a partner, maybe love interest. I don't know. They never really explain it. He just leaves when Quint leaves with the dog. Well, it's funny, like, little things like, you, like you mentioned about that, right? And, like, this was something that, like, after, yeah. after I had seen it, me, me and the dean, you know, traded a couple yeah. messages. And, you know, like, one of the things that, that like, I just, you know, there's, like, like Quentin Tarantino recently, like, it had come out and just said, like, Jaws is, is the greatest movie of all time. You know, as far as far as like how making a movie goes, and like I, I personally, even before he had said it, obviously agree. It's it's for me, it's one of, if not my favorite film. Um, you know, to use the whole top five mechanic, it's in my top three to to, to easily put mm-hmm. it there. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's it's one of those things that, like, you know, you, you see movies these days, and they talk about like atmosphere and, and, you know, creating these, these settings and, and making you feel like you're, you're in, this, in this world or in this universe. You know, Jaws mm-hmm. does all of that without ever really trying. 
You know, like the place yeah. feels lived in. Everybody that's there feels like yeah. genuine and natural. Like I feel like if I went and took a ride up north, I'm going to find, you know, take a fucking ferry ride, find Amity, and, you know, I'm going to find the grave of fucking Bad Hat Harry, and it's going to talk about the kids and how they chop his <laughs> fucking fence down. You know, like I'm going to find, like, you know, Mayor Vaughn, and, you know, motherfuckers should have closed the beaches, you know, that kind of stuff. Like every single person, like, had these – these, these nuances about them that made them yeah. memorable, but it wasn't like over the top. Like it wasn't done on purpose. They just happened to be that way. And like, that was like, it's like Bob Ross used to say, you know, happy accidents. Like it feels like everything in it was yeah. such a happy accident that worked out so beautifully. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It felt like it lived in town and the Island, you know, and especially when you find out the Brody's from New York, you know, he's a chief now, but he's not an islander. You know, they always say, you know, you can't an be an islander. You look at it from the water. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, everything just felt small town Mayberry. You know, where it's like everybody knows each other. Everybody is talking to each other. You know, um, yeah, I, just, I love that aspect of it. And just seeing it again, it just brings you right back into that town. You know, and the sequel, yeah. it kind of, you know, went away from everything. But, you know, that first one can't be <laughs> Yeah, and on top of yeah. what the ghoul was saying, it's like also it, it was so well nailed down because like back then, especially in this movie, everyone who was on that screen showed up to work. You know, everyone showed mm-hmm. up, did yep. their job, you know, took it seriously, yep. and ev- everyone delivered in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, so that being said, moving on from Jaws, I know we have horror news to get into, but uh, ghoul monkey, I just wanted to get a quick recap of She-Hulk. Uh, the next episode that just premiered last Thursday. What did you guys think of it? Because I'm all in now. Okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead. We've been talking about Jaws, so that's all you, man. Go ahead. Go for it. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, again, the this, this series continues, and it continues to get deeper. It keeps opening up more and more, and it's inviting you more into this world, and I'm really enjoying who they're bringing in, how they're writing it, and... I'm really, really glad that they didn't stick with episode one. We're going to do a really, really, you know, strong, long speech about the strength of women and the trials and tribulations they go through every day, you know, and Mm -hmm. just drop that. You know, every episode has been another thing about, you know, what it is to be a woman, having the woman's life still in a man's world, and they keep it going, and... At the, you know, so I'm glad that they just didn't do a one and done for the series. I'm glad they're continuing with this. Yeah, cool. What'd you think about the uh, latest episode? Twerk worthy? Yeah, I, th- I, I, yeah. I mean, I could. <laughs> I, I, I'm all <laughs> twerking, you know, listen. I, I know people wanted to complain about that, and I, you know, I, I don't get it. I you don't know, get it's it. A fun moment. It's a fun <laughs> moment in a in a post credit scene. You know, having she yeah. hold yeah. with Megan the Stallion. I mean, it's silly. It's funny. It's fun. You know, I know the actress. You know, is doing the motion capture for it. You know, yeah. so it's not yeah. like it's not like they just CGI'd it and were like, "Ooh, let's make a a sexy thing happen to get all these guys all hot and horny." It wasn't like it wasn't done in a way to, to sexualize it as much as it was a way to no. make kind of a funny a funny reference. 
um, I thought it was great, you know, and, and overall, I think, this, like Monkey said, the series is is continuing in an upward fashion. I'm liking the way they're building this, this world. I like the way they're building this character. Um, I'm not the biggest of fans of the new look of Abomination. Uh, fish no. ears and, <laughs> yeah. and, and funny yeah. little superimposed face is kind of odd. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it, it reminded me of a game for the Dreamcast, which really wasn't a game. It was called Seaman. And literally, oh, oh, I remember C Man. Yeah. It was this oh, game in which oh. you had like a virtual fish tank. This little yep. sperm thing gets like dumped into it, and you had to talk to it. And it was like a fish with a human face. And the idea mm-hmm. was that you were supposed to, to use a microphone on your controller to talk to this thing, and eventually it would learn to communicate with you. Uh, I never, ever had one that could communicate with me, but I also never played it long enough because it was boring as fuck. And it was weird. Yeah. You know, here I am. I'm sitting there fucking high as a kite, you know, stoned off my ass, staring <laughs> at this fucking fish with a human face looking at me on my screen, you know. And it's not really looking at me. I know it can't see me, but it was still bizarre. It just started making me feel weird. <laughs> so King, yeah, what it was. Think, a, man? I really enjoyed it. Uh, I like the interactions with Wong. You know, when he's brought in to be a, a witness, you know, <laughs> to, uh, no and then he talks about how he actually was the one that busted him out so he could be in this fight. Um, but when you look at his resume, when it has Sorcerer Supreme, it also says that he worked at Target for like nine years as a sales associate. <laughs> Wong as a Target sales associate. And then when he leaves and he's like, okay, I guess that's it. And they're like, well, wait a second. No, like you busted a guy out of prison. Like that's a criminal offense. He's like, uh, you know what? Got to go. Peace out. And it got a, a, a laugh out of me. I mean, I love the, the post-credit sequence of She-Hulk twerking with Megan Thee Stallion. I was like, man, that's just awesome. It's fun. I don't know why people don't like it. It just, it was a fun moment to kind of cap out the episode. It's like, you know what? We're getting a little bit of fun. But then I was like, well, you know what, damn. Like, imagine you're having sex with Jennifer Walters, and she's on top of you, and you're having a great time, and all of a sudden she hulks out. It's like, man, it's got to make it extra tight. <laughs> like, you know, all of a sudden she, she hulks out, and then all of a sudden it's like a whole new game, man. <laughs> like, she's huge, and she's latched on. Like, I'll well, be even more excited to go. Her muscle mass is going to fuck you up, man. Uh, I, th- I think if she changes mid- mid-coitus, you better hope that it's when you're in a position that she's not on top. <laughs> And then, damn, if, and then, no, and then to make it worse, if she fucking starts twerking on top of that shit, oh, I'm done. I'm done. Like, like oh, yeah. Naomi, I love you. You, you are my favorite finish. female wrestler of all time. But, yeah, shit. Yeah, instant finish. Instant, yeah. As soon as she changes into She-Hulk and all of a sudden she's just bouncing on it, it's like, okay, I'm done. Like, yeah, I finished like five minutes ago. You're still going. <laughs> the bed is broken. I've collapsed, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to what they do. And again, I'm with the ghoul. I didn't really like the abominations look, you know, with the CGI Tim Roth face, but I do like the fact that he was trying to fix his Crocs when he changes into the abomination in the cell. <laughs> like he's trying to, <laughs> he's trying he to get to straight. He's like, well, <laughs> I'm not doing anything. I'm fine. Like, you know, I'm, I'm good. Like, everything is good. Look, 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 calm down, calm down, everyone. Look. I'm completely under control. Just look, look, look. It's just me. It look, we're all still friends. It's okay. <laughs> I, I, everyone's going fucking ape shit. You know, security guards are coming out of everywhere. You know, eat, you know, oh eat, 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 eat. 
Yeah, you know, even even his soulmates are losing their fucking shit, you know. <laughs> well, speaking of, that actually did give me a laugh because originally I thought by soulmates they were talking about the upcoming, uh, you know, Thunder, Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt series. But, uh, yeah. but no, yep. uh, apparently he has uh, seven, seven Mormon-esque uh, soul, soulmates, it's like actual women soulmates. That reminds yeah, me of Mormon girls. Yeah, that that he got to the prison penthouse system. That's the way it's so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so and to close it out, I still do love the fourth wall breaking. Like when she's in her car and she's like, "Oh yay, we're getting cameos." Yeah, right. You like the abomination? Wong's coming. You're excited, right? Don't forget whose show this is. And I was like, "Fuck yeah, yeah, yeah she holds." <laughs> you tell us whose show this is. <laughs> this is yours. Like I just, I, I love it. And I hope they keep up with that uh, with the next couple episodes that we have coming. So I think there's only nine uh, this season. So we have a couple so we more got, to go. We got, you know. we got six more. Yeah. So plenty more to go. Plenty more story. I'm looking forward to. It. Like I'm so excited for the show. Like it just, I'm hoping it just keeps it going. And I'm hoping it just keeps the pedal on the gas, you know, and just keeps going. Um, so with that being said, all right. We're going to turn it to the Dean. We have horror news to talk about before we get into the descent. So what are we talking about Woo-hoo! tonight, Dean? What's on the menu? Oh, man, I thought we'd never get there. Um, no, you knew. You knew. You, you, your, your excitement is, like, just boiling over there, yes. <laughs> Dean, with Woo! what you want to cover. <laughs> We're sure having fun now. Um, Let's fucking what go. I just, uh, seeing that it, it hasn't been a, a tremendously long time since. We covered it right here on the show, but just need to call out that among other things, but uh, Ghost Story uh, writer Peter Straub has passed away. Yeah. I believe that might have been a, a, a monkey or a kingpin. One of you two. I don't remember which one of you, though. Monkey. It was me. <laughs> he throws it on me real quick. <laughs> it was a monkey pick. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> that movie sucks. It had, it had Dick Slayland at the beginning. The ghoul guy was all wait, over wait, it, wait. and she said the rest of this movie sucks. Yep, that was a monkey. But pick. also, you know, the, the talisman, the black house. I mean, you know, Peter Straub's looked at Stephen King a couple times. That's, yes, that's I did say, I know, among the other things. I, I know him from the talisman. I know him from Black House. Black House is one of my, my favorite books. Um, Agreed. You know, I, I know I know the order is Talisman, then Black House, but I didn't know that at the time. I just read Black House, uh, and I don't know. I guess maybe I should have read it in the other order, uh, but I found because uh, Black House was just such a more mature type of story uh, that Talisman mm-hmm. kind of disappointed me because it felt so childish. Uh, Black House, though, was yeah. a great read. Yep. I mean, it's one that I do recommend to people. Like, if you want something that is Stephen King-esque but has uh, – Less over explanation of every little minute detail, like the fabric of the rug that's on the floor. Uh, that that's definitely a, 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 a good book to go with. You know, it's uh, it, it's a, a fun fun story with a good character, and uh, and yeah, it's it's pretty twisted. It's it's good stuff. But I thought the talisman was done on, like uh, yeah. I but but uh, to go back to the talisman, I thought that was done with a childish intent on purpose. Because I thought King had like written this for his daughter, and it somehow ended up tying loosely into the um, Dark Tower series. Which yeah, it does. No, and yes. 
so so the talisman was written at a different time. That's all it was. And you know, the character within the talisman is is you know one of the characters is older, um, and he's like a detective. By the time you get into you know the the the, the yeah. black house, so it's just it's just a different time period, and it's it just goes to show you where the writers were, as well. You know, like you can almost always tell where Stephen King is, you know, in his oh, life yeah. based on, on <laughs> yeah. you know what you're reading because he's always in these different, different points. And, you know, I just, again, I feel like black, black house is definitely one of those high points. Mm-hmm. No, okay, cool. All right. Dean, so moving on from Peter Straub, rest in peace. What do we got? I wanted to just let everybody know in case they've been waiting with excitement that the next installment in the scream franchise has officially <laughs> uh, finished filming. Production has wrapped. Uh, they are on target for their 2023 release. Which one is this, part awesome. 12? <laughs> no, it's a 6. 12 minus 6. <laughs> six. <laughs> yeah. It's 6. And it's going to New York. And they filmed in Canada. So they're going to Jason Takes Manhattan. Or, you know, a rally. That is oh. a very, New York yeah, that's a very common method. Very common method. Uh, to mm-hmm. film in Canada and call it New York. That's, that's been done uh, many, many times. I believe yeah, even portions nephew. of, I believe in portions of Short the, circuit the two. <laughs> Die Hard, uh, the third Die Hard movie. I think even portions of the New York scenes were filmed in in Canada. I think I'm not positive about that. I wouldn't doubt Shouldn't it. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. Short circuit two was in New York as well. I thought that I thought that was L.A. for some reason. Yeah, by way of Canada, it was definitely New York. <laughs> by way of Canada, it was New York. Yeah, yeah. Monkey's right. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, definitely I haven't New York. seen that one in so long. Like that's like I own. Yeah. You know, in my movie list, I own the original Short Circuit. But like, I don't know. I know some people like Short Circuit too. There's a couple giggles out of it, but overall, it's just that it never matched the original movie for me. Nah, yeah, I agree. No, especially Fisher Stevens. Well, okay, can't do that again. Yeah, well, listen, <laughs> I can't do that I don't knock him on that. You know, I know a lot of people are all like, oh, it's this, it's that. But, you know, (laughs) it was what it was. It was a character that he put, you know, he put a lot of time and effort into. He did. I don't feel like he was stereotyping that character as much as he was playing it to what he feels (laughs) is like, you know, a transplant from India who knows some American was going to be like, you know. So, but but whatever. It was a Mm -hmm. different time. And when I was a kid, I thought he was Indian. So I was like so a teenager. I. I was like, holy oh, shit. I had well, well, to well, that he was not. Well, same here until I realized <laughs> yeah. it was the same actor from Weird Science. And then I was like, holy shit. And, and Hackers. I mean, yeah. I, I mean not yeah, Weird no. Science. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hackers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, yeah. yeah, I, I completely forgot up, about I Hackers. Pick up that on, on fucking, I didn't pick up on that until years later, you know? Like, I read something somewhere. And I'm talking like, <laughs> I'm talking like late 90s is when I found out that Fisher Stevens in Hackers is the same person as the guy in fucking Short Circuit, you know? And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Don't shit. Yeah, because it was so just chill. It wasn't over-the-top Indian. Like, it just, I was like, yeah, he's obviously an Indian actor playing his character. No, I'm like, Fisher oh, Stevens. God, Fisher um, Stevens. Uh, you know, he, he in, in hindsight, you know, he, he has expressed, uh, you know, much regret uh, for taking mm-hmm. that role, he said he did say that um, you know he wasn't truly just trying to be a caricature. He said that he actually to prepare for the short circuit role. He said he actually traveled to India 
and like studied Indian dialects and and everything to like bring respect to the role. Uh, He fooled us. That's that's good. That's how I saw it. You know what I mean? Like I saw it in that way. Like how I saw it was like a guy trying to portray an actual Indian plant in America. You you know. know. Whatever year, uh, you know, short circuit, I'm going to – is that 1985 or 1986? 86, 86, 87. Yeah, I want to say that. I'm looking – 1986, 1986. So I saw the original short circuit. I saw it in the movie theater. Same here. Given its release date of May of 1986, I was nine. And when just seeing that film – uh, as a, as a nine-year-old, I I did not at all believe that that was an American actor playing an Indian character. When I learned, no, uh, you know, when I learned that same as it as said, when I learned that this actor was an American actor, it like it like fucking floored me. I was fucking shocked. Uh, <laughs> not just Steven. So not just well, so not just an American actor, but a an American Caucasian actor of non-Indian yes, yes. descent. Yeah, that's, you know what what I mean? Mean? that's what I mean. I yeah. know. I'm just I, I'm just playing the the, the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know when I saw Fisher Stevens in movies like um, uh, The Flamingo Kid and a personal favorite, My Science Project, and yeah, then realized that. Um, Realized. Well, I didn't see that that movie in that in that time period. You know, like right, I didn't see right, Fish right. By, you know I didn't see the burning till years and years and years and years and years later. Uh, maybe even mm. maybe even ten ten years after that. You know, uh, but things that I knew of Fisher Stevens then, when I learned that that was the guy, it was like it was a pretty fucking shocking moment. You know. Um, <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> but he yeah, yeah he, he, he has expressed you know he's expressed like. Like understanding of of why that 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 kind of thing wouldn't fly today in today's today's society. No, of no but he didn't do it as a caricature. Like he didn't do it as a parody. Like he convinced no. everybody, like we said, that he was an yeah. Indian. Like you know, that's, yeah. it wasn't you know him doing a parody of one. Like I, and we all believed I, it. I, you know, so that's a, you know, I also apologize. want to say, I also want to say that I caught I caught short circuit on the first one. Uh, sometime within the last month, maybe two months, uh, for the sometime over the summer, like July, August, without question, mm-hmm. uh, at the at the farthest yeah. time away, maybe mid to late June, and uh, the fucking like I, like I like I remember loving that movie, and, and like it was it was a big hit, and in school at nine, ten years old, fifth grade, whatever that was, like every fucking kid was walking around talking like Johnny Five. Uh, you know, five, alive, alive. Um, every fucking yeah. I remember, I remember, you know, many of the big, big lines from, from the robot. Um, but what I did not remember, uh, and watching it now is like, there is a tremendous amount of really, really, really funny dialogue between all of the human characters. Uh, when, Steve Gutenberg and Fisher Stevens are talking, uh, and I can't remember what his name was in, in the in the in Short Circuit, but Captain Harris from Police Academy is like the primary yeah. uh, 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 Nova yeah. Robotics uh, security <laughs> guard. Like 
his con like his conversations with Steve Gutenberg and his conversations with like the the guy who's like the head of the robotics company and like mm-hmm. Ali Sidi's conversations with uh with Steve Gutenberg. Like there is some really, really just just in there talking. Like it's not even like joke, joke, joke conversation. Just the way the characters fucking talk to each other. It's really fucking funny. I was really surprised how act like how funny it actually was when I when I watched it recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a good point. Um, it's a classic movie. I don't remember Short Circuit as much as I remember Short Circuit Two. Like to me, I think I have more memories of Short Circuit Two. Like when he becomes a citizen at the end, he's all painted out in gold. <laughs> yeah, he jumps up, he, like jumps up in the air. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's such a classic moment. You know, I don't remember Short Circuit One. Like I said, as much as I remember Part Two. I think because Short Circuit Two is always on TV back in the day. <laughs> You it couldn't go a day without seeing that on TV. You know what? Again, in the early 90s, Short Circuit 2 was definitely, like, in heavy rotation. I remember, like, when we oh, yeah. the, oh, to yeah. New Jersey, yep. I remember seeing, I probably seen Short Circuit 2 more than I seen <laughs> <Yeah>. Short Circuit <laughs> 1. Uh, you know, so, oh, space. those locos kick your ass. Those locos kick your balls into outer space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Dean. We gotta check moving every one of these cars for car stereos. All right, moving on. Uh, so, Jason, Jason, Jason Lee uh who's the director of uh, of of notable films such as Deathgasm and Guns Akimbo, mm. uh, he has a comic coming out in October, uh, the first issue, October nineteenth, called Masters of Metal. Uh, but okay. he's announced that, that he is also uh, currently directing a film of the same name, uh, Masters of Metal, which is being it's described as an R-rated uh, mockumentary, a cross between Spinal Tap and The Monster Squad. So, um, you know, if you're a fan of Jason Lee Howden, you can keep your eyes out for the Masters of Metal comic as well as uh, the movie. If you like uh, yeah. uh, the guy that played Harry Potter, uh, Radcliffe, whatever the fuck his name is, he was great. Daniel Radcliffe. Like, Daniel Radcliffe, yeah. He was so good in Guns Akimbo. That's a movie that I would definitely recommend you guys check out because it's so Dude, against I, type. I, it's I crazy. It, yeah. It's enjoyable. <laughs> Watch it. You know, yeah, interesting I, enough, it's just uh, a lot of fun. For, 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 big franchise, for big franchise actors, uh, you know, and granted, uh, you know, well, well, well. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe, who obviously made a gajillion dollars tied to everything related to Harry Potter, uh, and although Elijah Wood certainly had a, a career before the Lord of the yeah. Rings uh, franchise, but he made a, a gajillion dollars off of that. It's like those guys cashed in, man. They made a fucking like a like a gener- generational fortunes, generational wealth uh, from their franchise movies, and now both of those guys like. Just do whatever yeah. the fuck they want and go into whatever fucking <laughs> yeah. movies they want. It's, it's fucking perfect. awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, it was because funny, I know, too, because yeah. they have... Sorry, no, go ahead, Ken. What were you going to say? I was going to say that there was another movie that Radcliffe did called Swiss Army Man, where he plays a corpse throughout the entire movie, and <laughs> him and his friend are stranded on an island, and he has to use this corpse, and just all these ways that he uses this corpse is fucking hilarious. It's from 2016, Swiss Army Man. But, like, the, the ghoul... Uh, Dean, rather, has said, yeah, they made their money on these franchises so they could do whatever the fuck they want. Like uh, Elijah Wood in the Maniac remake. He's like, I love horror. I'm doing this. 
So, you know, he did some, it. so yeah, go ahead, go. Well, some, what I was going to say is, well, it's funny when you look at the two of them, right? Like, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Elijah Wood, got to remember, like, the, the, the bigger chunk of his career was when he was a child. You know, so as a yeah. kid, yep. he had like, yeah. all these different movies that he was in, The Good Son and, and, and a number of other North, films. Radio there, Flyer. He, Radio, Radio Flyer, Flyer exactly. yeah. Like, like North. All, all of these different movies. Then yeah. he did, Back to Future you know, 2. The, 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 then he did the Lord, of the, the, the Lord of the Rings films. And, yeah, that was yeah. your big franchise <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe, on the opposite end of that, was found in the franchise. So, so realistically yep, speaking, yeah. like, for me, Radcliffe is the bigger surprise because, you know, you could really just be lost. You could be one of those people that will forever be stuck as Harry fucking Potter and never really have yeah. any career outside of that. So I love yeah. the fact mm-hmm. that he likes to take these risks and play in these, yeah. these weird things. It's, I don't think it's so much just the money. I think he likes being an actor like an actual like hey yeah like you said yeah. he's playing in but movies he can afford the entire film you know, you know he can afford <laughs> yeah. to do that with all that money that he made you got to remember you like we often hear like big time actors say that like yeah i do you know i do the one like money in the bank big studio movie right and then the studio right. allows me to and go do a movie me, that i want to do one for me one, one, for, for, me, one for them like directors yes. say that yeah. actors say that but Radcliffe is like, fuck this. I'm going to do whatever the fuck they want. And at this stage of his career, like with that Lord of the Rings money, Elijah Woods does the same thing. Like he's been in all kinds of weird fucking shit. And he's got like, he's, oh, yeah. he's, he's going to be in the, the upcoming uh, Toxic Avenger. And he also recently, I can't wait. Uh, yeah. he also recently signed on. Uh, he's going to be a series regular in the second season of Yellow Jackets. Uh, he yeah, signed I on for that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I'm like, I have to get back to that. Yeah, I, I, I'm like halfway through. I watched like the first five in like a binge and I just like a while ago in, in the summer, but I got, I got to get back to that. But anyway, well, um, well, what's real cool about like, and the, my main point for that was, is like, even though, yeah, they, they both were, were these huge franchises and they did make this big chunk of change in that. I feel like these are roles that they would have done anyway. You know what I mean? Like I feel, I still feel like they're just doing what they would right. have done, Maybe. regardless if they had yeah. millions of dollars or not. You know, like I just think that these are the, the things that they like. These are the projects that they like to be a part of. You know, and, and yeah, maybe some of that has to do with yeah, we have so much money that we don't have to really worry about about what we pick and choose. But I don't think it was something that they that ever really concerned. Elijah Wood, because look at some of those earlier choices that he made as far as, or, or made, choices that were made for him, oh, yeah. depending on, on how that yeah. all went. You know, and with Radcliffe, we really don't know, because like I said, he got his start, as far as I know, like, was, it was in Harry Potter. So, that's, yeah, that's how I would take it, yeah. And, yeah, like you said, with Elijah Wood, you know, he makes all this money, <clears throat> and then he comes out and says, I'm a huge fan of horror, so I'm going to make my own production company, SpectreVision. And we're going to make horror movies. And it's like, oh, shit, okay. <clears throat> this guy's into it. He likes horror movies, you know, and he wants to make them. Like Maniac. And then he did uh, Come to Daddy, which is a fucking phenomenal movie, you know. And I was never a Elijah Wood fan until I saw those movies. And I'm like, oh, he's there. He likes it. <laughs> he likes you, the you that weird show with we're the we're fucking we're dog. Will, 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 I was just about to bring that up, dude. Wilfred, which was like, a, it's an American version of, I think, Wilfred, an Australian yeah. show, yeah. which was fucking yep. absolutely bizarre. Look at Elijah Wood in Sin City, which was, that was like oh, one Kevin. of those, like, wow. Yeah, super you know, yeah. Lord of the Rings to Kevin the Serial Killer, you know? Like, yeah, damn, yeah. Like, that's, 
Once he was in the good sun, shit totally fucked him up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he just never went back. And then, like the, the, the dean had said, he's going to be in Toxic Avenger coming up, the remake, and I can't wait to see that. But, you know, just to see him being like, yeah, I'll be a maniac. I'll play the killer. You know, I'll be in Come to Daddy where I play a fucked up, you know, character that's a dad and all this other stuff. And with my dad, but yeah, I, I like that he's taking these risks because he fucking can. He's like, I got a lot of money. So I'm just going to make my own production company. I'll do what I want, and then it's going to be great. So I, I like that. But, yeah, like uh, the quote, Daniel Radcliffe, you don't know. He's Harry Potter. So he's probably taking these roles going, I got to distance myself from that fucking character. Like, I love it. It made me a lot of money, but I'm an actor. So I'm going to take whatever roles I can and show you that I'm not just Harry Potter. I could do more. I could do more than just Harry Potter. And, you know, he's impressed me. With the movies that he's done outside of the Potterverse, like you know, like I said, with Swiss Army Man, you know, and Guns Akimbo, like I was like, yes, he can do it. So I'm looking forward to whatever else he does. But moving on from that, uh, what else do you have, Dean? Let's see. Jordan Peele uh, has said there very well might be more uh, Nope content in the future. Okay. Uh, he, nope. he, he, All right. He did say that it is. It is not going to be a a Cody sequel, which I guess there's a big segment of Nope fans that want him to make. Uh, but yeah, he did yeah. say that uh, there's been this online chatter um, about a character uh, that's listed on IMDb as nobody, uh, played by an actor named Michael Bush. And yeah, most notably, this character apparently was featured in the trailer. Uh, mm-hmm. walking a- among other panicked citizens. Uh, Jordan Peele yeah. says that the story of this character has yet to be told and that he's glad people are paying attention. Uh, he said that he mm-hmm. thinks there will be more answers on these things in the future and that we're not over telling these stories. Yeah, yeah. A character that shows up in the trailer and then never makes an appearance in the actual movie. Um, what? <laughs> he never said that he wants to make an actual Nope 2. Like, he doesn't want to make a Nope Part 2. But he wants to explore the universe. And that character of Nobody is a character that he wants to go into because he feels like he has a story to tell. So I like that, that Jordan Peele saying, you know what, we're not making a Nope Part 2. We're going to make a Nope verse. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm with it because I love Nope. Like, it's one of my favorite movies of this year. Uh, so I'm to it. So we'll see what he creates. He's always doing something, so I'm glad that he's not going away anytime soon. But all right, Dean, what's next? Let's talk about. I will tell you what's next. Uh, let's see. Uh, so there was uh, this little movie uh, that came out that was called the the WNUF Halloween Special. Uh, Hell yeah! It was, a, it was a, a a fun a fun little movie that. Uh, played itself as like a lost Halloween special from 1987. Yeah. Uh, complete it's with fun. created period. Yeah, it's super fun. Uh, create with period era, uh, you know, appearance of it being like a kind commercials? of... Commercials? Uh, well, the, the period era commercials, as well as like tracking issues like you get on an old VHS yeah. tape. <laughs> I was like, you're watching old VHS. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Uh, so anyway, uh, right now, uh, there is... A, a sequel uh, to this, uh, I believe I it's it. called uh, the 
it's called the the Out There Halloween Mega Tape. Yep. Uh, it, it, is, <laughs> uh, it is it is um, out there to purchase on DVD as well uh, as VHS. Um, I have not got a yep. chance to check this out yet, but I'm hoping, like the first one, that it will ultimately make its way to Shutter. Because the first one was super fun. It, yeah. And it might. Um, I do have the sequel. I bought it on DVD. It's like, uh, I forgot what the website was. I think it was like bigcartel.com. But I did buy the sequel. Uh, It takes place in the 90s. So you get a lot of 90s eccentric uh, commercials and TV shows and specials. Um, It it focuses more on uh, aliens and UFOs. Uh, And then there's like a Ricky Lake type show where they have like a Halloween makeover for a guy that's like a Satanist. And they want to make him over to look like a normal person. So it's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, I did meet the director. <laughs> so I got to meet the director. Aliens and talk shows, man. That is exactly what I thought yeah, so. about the 1990s. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. And, and uh, Dean, I did meet Chris Juan Martina, who directed the movie two weeks ago when we went to go to the Creature Feature Weekend. Uh. I met him and his wife. Uh, he gave me oh. a piece from the movie, oh, what? which is a video yes. catalog from that movie. So I have a piece from the movie from Out There, the sequel, on my shelf right now, uh, WNUF TV 28 pin. Uh, I have another movie that he did called What Happens Next Will Scare You. Uh, Chris Wall Martina, one of the nicest guys I've ever met. So humble, just really happy to know that people are liking his stuff. Uh, but I highly recommend, if you like WNUF Halloween special, to check out Out There. Because it just it continues it. It expands the universe. A lot of callbacks to the first one. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I, I told the monkey, like, Chris Martino was such a nice guy. He actually recognized me from my Facebook posts. He's like, hey, there he is. And I was like, oh, hey, all right. This guy yeah, he told me. you, he and he me. called you over to the table. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, hey, Chris. He's like, Andrew. I was like, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> you know, we're having fun. You know, so it was, it was a lot of fun to me because I think he's really smart in what he's doing and making these movies, and I hope he makes more. But all right, so what else is next, Dave? I will tell you what is next, uh, King. Uh, so, sure. a naked uh, Sylvester Stallone prop was Ooh, found my. in an antique in, store in, bedroom. in a rural Australian <laughs> country town. Uh, this prop of naked Stallone was, uh, was from... Demolition Man, when his character was gonna say, during, during, cry, during the cry uh, tank. was when he was cryo frozen. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's believed that this was something that was like hanging from the ceiling in the Sydney, Australia, uh, Planet Hollywood, uh, which is you know long since closed. Uh, how it made its way to this junk shop? Uh, how it made its way to this junk shop in rural Australia? Nobody knows, but. If this sounds like something you would like to have, perhaps for the the Winchester King, uh, it can be purchased sure. for four thousand American your dollars. Or your bedroom. Four thousand American dollars. Okay, so four grand. Only okay, four so grand. That's, that's not that crazy. Okay. It's an actual Hollywood movie prop. But here's my question: Is there any word on whether or not it actually has a dick? Oh, it has to. Uh, it has it to. Like in the no, 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 no. In the photograph, it looks like there's maybe like a little, uh, like like black little cloth on the dick area. 
Uh, I mean, think about it. Uh, like the top being what it is, they're not going to have an exposed dick hanging from the ceiling in Planet Hollywood, you know? <laughs> no, that's a good point. Okay, so, so, so then, no, there's no dick. But I mean, if I, I get a family it will be exposed. The prop probably it's didn't have one anyway. Right? I mean, when he's frozen, he was in, like, a fetal position, so. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, so. Be a great exactly. coffee table with that thing. Okay, in a fetal position, in a fetal position, <laughs> but, some, oh my God, but, but somehow the, the nut sack was not hanging out. <laughs> that would be great. Take the prop back in a fetal position, right, and then soak it in like a, a resin or some kind of like hard solidifying thing and make an actual fucking coffee table of it. That would be killer. <laughs> yeah, people come up to you and they're like, hey, Andy, what's going on? Oh my! Is that a naked slot alone in your coffee table? Yep, it's a centerpiece. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm naked over here. You know, as a, yeah, I'm a naked. It's uh, a demolition man. Yeah, I'm, hey, I'm you naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you want to see the good? You want to see the good? Look at my junk. Say, yeah, look, you, you, you know, you want to look. I'd be like, I don't know about slides alone, man. That's that's John Spartan. Okay, he's an ex-police officer. He killed a lot of people. <laughs> hey, fuck you, and now lady. I'm on you. I'm on you. <laughs> now I'm on your coffee table, and uh, you know I'm just having a good time. You know, on the coffee table, you know. I mean, hey, 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 you, they're making a Rocky Six. Yeah, they're making a Rocky Six. I think we already saw that. No, that's all right. They're making another one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to direct. You ever hear about Edgar Allan Poe? I was supposed to play Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. No, no, no. We're not going there. No. We're, no, we're not going there. <laughs> it's just it's my face. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Adrian, you know what I'm saying? Like, just shut up. You're just supposed to be a prop. You stop talking. Uh, you got me for $4,000. No, but then when yeah, 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 we're sitting there, when yeah, we're fucked up on cocaine and stuff like that, it's like, dude. Is he talk? Is Stallone talking to us again? Is he talking to us, dude? Do you do you hear Stallone talking to us? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey monkey, uh, King, you want to do some cocaine off my ass? I mean, it's okay. I mean, you, you bought me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just put a little, just uh, do a little bump off my ass. You know, it's, it's okay. I'm not gonna say anything. Paula doesn't gotta know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and then the ghoul comes in wearing a suit coat. I'll buy that for a dollar. They say, no, that's Robocop, you motherfucker. That's definitely. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, Dean. That's like haunting. The pictures that you just sent <laughs> of that prop. Oh my God, that's nightmare fuel. Why did you want to oh, dead? Dead. <laughs> I don't want, I don't want. Waking up in the middle of the night and just seeing his dead eyes looking at you. Hey, hey, I'm having fun with your coffee table over here. Yeah. I'm just having you hanging over here, you know. You want to talk to Paul a little bit? No, I don't. I don't. Stop talking to me. Stop haunting my dreams. You just say Because if you got the 4,000 king, I've got someone who actually does pour resin and can make this happen. So I mean, we can actually. Yeah. <laughs> After seeing the horrified expression on his face, I'm like, I don't know. I could handle that. I wake up in the morning, go to work, and he's like, "Hey, you going to work? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll see you later. Yeah, don't leave, don't, like, leave, don't leave me here again, King. King, why are you always leave me here alone? <laughs> I, I, why don't you ever take? Why don't you ever take me for a walk? 
And why you got why you got to leave me all alone, kid? Because I don't understand. I thought we were friends. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, so we talk about Adrian. You know what I'm saying? Like, stop talking. I have to leave. <laughs> I have to go to work. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'll, I'll be here working. And you come back. Like, you know, you can do stuff. No, I don't want to do anything with you. No, I'm just saying. But, yeah, but, yeah, but dude, imagine you sitting there trying to get it on with your girl king. He's just staring at you. Oh yeah, no, puppy dog no. Guys. Marie is fucking out at that point. And she comes over and she just sees a dying Sylvester Stallone on my coffee table. What the fuck? Is that Rocky? Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm just saying. I mean, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to, like, you know, join you or anything. But I'm just saying, like, I'll just watch. Hey, you know, you're doing a good job, King. I think you're doing a really good job here. You know, yeah. He's you looking at girl, me again. Me. He's looking at me again. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Anton, I'm, kidding, I'm fucking kidding. done, okay? I'm done. Just <laughs> yeah, storming out of my apartment. Hey, I, I mean, I didn't mean to do nothing. I mean, I just thought you guys were going to have some fun. I mean, I, maybe I could sit in the corner and just give you tips. Like, hey, hey you know, lucky. Like, stop it. Stop it. Get out of here. And it, it will make it, it even funnier. They put, they, they put this in a family-oriented restaurant with that little fucking stripper thong on them. <laughs> that makes it any better. <laughs> Hey, you guys enjoying uh, your, your french fries over here? You guys enjoying your, uh, you know, buffalo wings? Anything I can get you? I'm, I'm yeah, hey. I'm just over here trying to take a look at you. Hey, all right. Let's make a movie together. Who knows? Let's see what goes on. Yeah. Stop looking at us when we but, eat, Rocky. But the, prob- the problem is, if you actually buy this and win it, the first thing you got to do is take it and get its hair fixed. So you got to take this to a fucking salon. <laughs> you got to wheel it in on the fucking cart. <laughs> squeaky, 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 squeaky. <laughs> yeah. And weird special in that fucking position. And then all the systems. No, and then all the systems at Barber Salon are gonna be like, "Wait, what the fuck did you just bring in here, motherfucker?" God, and it was just imagine going into that restaurant and you're like, "Oh wow, we're in like a planet Hollywood. This is awesome." Like, there's all this stuff on the wall. I can't wait to eat. This is great. Then you look up, and you just see a fucking half-naked, especially someone who, <laughs> nope, I'm walking out. Like, sorry. Yep, no, I'm good. Like, that thing is fucking haunting. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but I want to get into the movie for tonight, so are you okay, Dean, if we do that? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm okay with that, but I do want to say that, like, not only did I get a portion of my segment cut with nonsensical talk about She-Hulk, I now have to listen no. to this long-winded <laughs> diatribe uh, about you Sylvester were Stallone. Uh, this you disrespectful were diatribe. <laughs> this disrespectful you diatribe were having fun. Uh, about Sylvester Stallone. Uh, when I have, we talking, when I have a, we a wide range hero. assortment, assortment <laughs> of stories that I have yet to get to. Well, you could do it next week because I'm not going to be here. So you have plenty of time to do whatever you Whoa. want. Whoa. Am I hearing correctly? So. The king of horror is going to break his streak? I'm yeah. the first time ever off since 2017 when we re- rebooted the podcast because I have a concert to go to. Mr. Tim Capello, the sexy sax man from the Lost Boys. I'm going to see him live in concert. Where is so, he playing? At yeah, the Lancaster I'm, Holiday Inn? 
<laughs> no, he's playing wow. at Phantom Power, which is a rock club. I don't care. I'll see him play in the fucking parking lot. I don't give a shit. If he was like, hey, I'm so, playing in the parking lot next week. Yep, I'll go. So Tim Capello, who uh, you have seen perform live before, you are going to yep. break your streak. You had said you were going to break your streak if we ever covered Army of the Dead, and you didn't. You 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 watched no. it and participated, but Tim I did. Capello is going to cause you to break the streak. Yes, because I love Timmy. He is fucking great, he, and I can't wait to see the live in concert again. You know, <laughs> right? Well, that's uh, why. Being that uh, you will see him from. Uh, you know, if the show is over uh, before eleven o'clock, uh, you should you should have be. him call in. <laughs> well, it won't oh, be. I'll see what yeah. I can do, but it's not going to be because there is an opening band uh, that's going to take place before he sets up. So it's from eight to eleven. Right, but doors at seven. Doesn't he have like? So. Doesn't he just have like two songs? No, he's got a no. lot of fucking songs. Yeah, he actually has a whole set. Song, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he has like an hour and a half set. Before yeah. we get into uh, and, and is this hour and a half set all original music? Yeah. It's uh, all stuff that he did when he was playing with Ringo and he was playing with Tina Turner. He's got a lot of original stuff. He doesn't just have so, Wood, which is a cover of the call song. It, it's not even his it, song. It, uh, well, he, he does a good mix of originals and covers as well, and it just makes he's for a really covers, entertaining yeah. thing. But but just because uh, he does, he doesn't just play the saxophone, he does play other uh, other instruments as well. Yes, does he, he plays the skin so. flute. No, yes, um, he does. What I was only saying, only, what I, only in your no, dreams, you, Dean. You said he plays. <laughs> you said he plays a mix of no. This is a serious question. Uh, you said he plays a mix of originals and covers. When he plays covers, does yeah. he play like an assortment of covers from all of the acts that he's worked with, or is it just random covers? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, all the acts that he's played act. with. Yes, acts that he's played with, exactly like the King said. So when he was a Ringo, when he was with Tina Turner, you know, that kind of stuff. And while that's going mm-hmm. on, he's playing video, video clips in the background while he was with those people. It's it's really a, a, a really fun, entertaining show. So does yeah. – now, and again, this is, I'm not making fun. Uh, if he if he's playing a song uh, from, like, Tina Turner tour, if he's playing, like, What's love got to do with it? Or simply the best? Does he have like a like a female vocalist, or is it all instrumental, or is he sing, or or what's the deal? It's yeah, it's a, it's all just what he has on his pack, you know, for the DJ mix, you know. And then he plays ah, the video okay. of him playing with Tina Turner, um, and he has right. a video of him playing with uh, Ringo Starr. He has when he was on Miami Vice, where he played like yeah, a yep. villain, and he plays the song that was in that movie, uh, that TV series, other. Uh, so, yeah, he's got a whole thing. And then, then to cap it off, he plays I Still Believe. So he's like, yeah, you're going uh-huh. to go mean, through I mean, the whole obviously. set, cap it off. Uh, you know. And that's, that's when you do the star. Me. That's and when you do the star. You don't have to say if you don't want, hey, but cold. just out of curiosity, what, is, what does he get? Hey, for a wave. <laughs> what is he what? What does he get for a ticket? Uh, yeah, a ticket was like 10 bucks. So okay. wasn't okay. so it's, it's, you know, so it's like a reasonable land. This is and this is happening right right yeah. in your in your town. This is taking place. Yeah, in Nowersville, which is not that far away, at a, a rock club called Phantom Power, um, on right. the fifteenth, which is next Wednesday. So yeah, uh, it's him and there's an opening band. So yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, right. and and just and, so you know, King Phantom Power is owned by the guy who used to own the Chameleon Club in downtown Lancaster. Just so you know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, you know, I was amazed to find that out, but. 
Anyway, with that being said, Monkey, Moving on. we're talking about the descent tonight from 2005, Neil Marshall directed. I know that the Dean's a big fan of Neil Marshall. Uh, so let's get into this, Monkey. What's the plot about? What do you think about it? All right. This is the story of a group of women who, after some trials and tribulations, decide to get together for a bonding weekend by going spelunking. Why? Because they're fucking stupid. Things quickly escalate. Well, that's not really they the reason. <laughs> things quickly escalate as they found out from one another that not only has this cave system never been explored, but it is also inhabited. So listen as we discover if these women can survive the descent. Alright, I picked this film because I was looking for forgotten films from the 2000s. I came across this cool-looking, creepy-ass film by Lionsgate. Uh, this is my first time viewing it, and I must say, like, the CGI they use, you know, is pretty weak, and it, it, you know, it doesn't date very well, you know, with the moments where they use CGI. Fortunately, this film relies very little on CGI, but in the Dead on a on great fast sets. Yes, actual sets, kids, <laughs> that they actually built that are really keen to creating the sense of claustrophobia in this film at the beginning. But also, there's some uh, okay future effects films in this film that, again, are practical. And while this isn't really a very powerful horror film, I do have to say, like, this is a really fun horror movie that, I, you know, that, that that's fun to watch when you turn all of the lights out. Just because this movie did a really, really yeah. good job of messing with you in the dark if you watch this movie in the dark. You know, that being said, it's like, I've also done things that are, like, considered extreme sports. You know, I've done mountain climbing. I've done rappelling. You know, I, I've done skateboarding, surfing. I've driven a car on a NASCAR track. But I'm just going to sit there and say, now, for the fucking record, I will never, ever, ever go fucking spelunking. This is, like, one of the stupidest fucking yep. sports no, thanks. of all time. God <laughs> damn. But, you know, it's like, let's do this for fun. All right. So that being said, yeah. Buck spelunking. So, yeah, this movie, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. All right. All right. <laughs> so, cool. what do you think about The Descent? Uh, you know what? This, uh, this is one of those weird ones in which I thought I had seen this movie, and there's a good chance that I did. Um, but I didn't recall any of what I was watching when I watched it this time around. Um, so I, I have a feeling this is one of those movies in which I, I always intend to watch. I think I've even started it a number of times when I've seen it on like, like streaming on like HBO or I think it might have been on Netflix at some point a couple of years ago. But I think it was one of those that I'll start it and then just stop it like after a minute to like pause it or something. And then I end up turning it off and like going on to something else. So, so regardless of all of that. I, I treated this like it was the first time I was watching it. And you know what? I ended up enjoying this movie. Um, you know, if you turn your brain off and, and you're not really looking for, for much in the way of character depth and, and, and stuff like that, you know, the, the, the film does a decent job of, of ramping up tension to the point of, you know, like, like it's, it's, it's a good film for just claustrophobia alone. 
you know, you, you get the fear and the, the isolation and everything that's going on with just them lost in the cave. So when you then add in a bunch of golem-like motherfuckers that are, like, eating people and fucking them all up, <laughs> climbing on ceilings and shit like that, it really kind of takes it to, like, a whole nother level. Um, so, so, yeah, by, by the time this movie is over, you know, I was, I was quite happy with it. And, and it's not that it's not a long film. It doesn't try to over-explain shit. They just kind of give you a mess, and, and you go with it. So you, know, you, you either roll with it or you don't. But, yeah, I found it enjoyable. All right. Dean, what'd you think about the descent? Um, I really liked the descent, and I I saw the descent a long time ago, and it's you know as I uh, was preparing to watch and looking up a couple of things, uh, seeing that this one is from 2005, uh, it's just it's just it's just a, a little marker of of just how uh, time continues to turn on because to think that uh, this movie is almost 20 years old, like I would have believed yeah. it if you said, oh, this movie came out in 2013 or 2014. Like, my memory of it is not 2005. But anyway, uh, and I saw it, you know, as soon as it was available to see. And I didn't see it in the theater, but as soon as, like, it was available for DVD, uh, I watched it. And that was the only time that I had seen it. I had only seen it that one time. And uh, when watching it, what I did not remember, I did not remember uh, the the whole... Uh, set up the the reason that led the girls uh, to the cave in the first place uh, with everything that happened with Sarah's family. Um, that part I did not remember. Much of the action that takes place inside of the cave, uh, I did remember. I did not remember uh, like some of the you know some of the character uh, relationship subplots. <laughs> Uh, but similar to what the ghoul said, uh, you know, this is a movie that builds an incredible amount of tension uh, before we even get uh, to, to the creature uh, sequences. Uh, just the, the fear and the claustrophobia and the injuries and the uncertainty of survival, like all of that could make for a compelling, suspenseful, maybe not horror, but suspenseful film on its own. And they did a great job of building that up until they started to introduce the creatures when this movie goes, when this movie goes to another level. But yeah, I, and, and it's been said, we've had some Neil Marshall conversation lately because of the arrival of the, of the, the 4K UHD remaster of Dog Soldiers and this being, uh, you know, this, this coming after Dog Soldiers, uh, I, had, I was looking forward to it very much. And, and yeah, man, I really, I really dug uh, getting a chance to watch this one again. Because honestly, I don't know that if I ever, I don't know if I would have uh, ever voluntarily watched it again. Because I, I know I watched it and said, oh, it just, I like that movie. But it's not something that I was going to like seek out and push play on. If I was scrolling channels, uh, maybe I would stick with it. But I was glad to watch it again. I really liked the descent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I enjoy the movie. Uh, you know, it's a nice little creature feature movie. Uh, not one of my favorites, but it's one that if you're looking for claustrophobia, you're looking for something new in terms of creatures and spelunking, which I'll never do. Uh, it's it's a fun little ride uh, that Neil Marshall created. Uh, I do like Dog Soldiers. I, I do like The Descent, so looking forward to seeing more from him. Uh, but when we get into the movie, we have Sarah, Juno, and Beth, and they're going on a whitewater adventure. They're having fun. Woo, we're girls. We're having fun. This is so awesome. But on the way home, when Sarah's with her husband, Paul, and her daughter, Jessica, uh, they get involved in a car accident, which includes copper Holy tubing. Holy Damn you. Man, deadliest weapon, copper tubing. So uh, both her <laughs> husband and daughter are killed. 
she survives, and then we cut to one year, and we're in the Appalachian Mountains in the USA. Sarah, Juno, and Beth are back together once again. So along with friends Sam, Rebecca, and Holly, she's new, totally fun, and totally extreme. I'll do anything for an extreme moment. Uh, they all meet up at a cabin with plans to go to on a splunking adventure. The girls drink and laugh, mostly about the girls being totally normally having fun in pajamas. Like that, that whole thing with the girl in pajamas. She's like, wow, it's so weird, right? And like, oh, gross. I'm like, it's just fucking pajamas. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, so they just talk and they have fun, but one of them well, says that she wants to have well, lots I mean, of babies. Thing, though. I, yeah. I think, honestly, I think that, you know, what I found the director doing in, like, this case, he was trying to, uh, he was trying to use, he was trying to build these girls as separate characters without, like, relying yeah. on yeah. basic stereotypes. It feels like very natural dialogue. You know, it doesn't feel like it's anything forced. We're not getting, like, period talk or any of the typical stereotype like women right. only right. types of uh, types of conversations um mm-hmm. i also know neil marshall like specifically i guess tried to make sure like each of them had different accents to uh to yeah. also aid yep. in in all of this now the one thing i will say is it's for me you know again i'm your stereotypical misogynistic fucking male american um i couldn't tell the difference between some of them other than, like, kind oh, of yeah. what they look like. So unless I was, like, directly yeah. seeing their face, I wasn't sure who was who as far as all this goes. Like, I knew Holly because she looked so different. She had the short hair, and she was, like, yep. you know, extreme Punk girl. I, I knew the yeah. one girl's sister because she's Same actually the, in the, she's in The Witcher um, as Yennefer's mm-hmm. trainer. Um, and I, I also know her from the, uh, the Twilight movies as well, where she's a hot blonde. Um, but she was like the youngest one. She's the one that was a doctor. Um, and yeah. then obviously, you know, your main girls, your main girl, Juno, you can't, you can't, the girl's named after, you know, one of the characters that was like super popular at the time. And, and you know, obviously, uh, whatever the, I see, I don't even remember our survivor girl. I don't even remember her name off the top of my head right now. Sarah. I remember she was Sarah. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was Sarah or Beth. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Um, and we'll get to it because I, I had a lot of problems with that too, even doing my notes. Um, but the next Same day, here. after taking their last known photograph for Unsolved Mysteries, the group heads off <laughs> to the Borham Tags. They arrive in the area where they need to be with Juno leaving the book behind about the caves. The group arrives at the mouth of the cave behind a waterfall and begin their descent. Get it? Because that's the name of the movie, folks. Uh, they go ah. deep into the cave. And after some exploring, they eventually have some lunch, and Juno apologizes to Sarah for not being around more after the accident. But Sarah's like, yeah, sure. She was so obviously fucking her husband, which could not have been more in (laughs) your face at the very beginning. Like, the moment they end their little rafting thing, Mm -hmm. it was so, like, like, as soon as he, like, went and, like, helped her, like, there was just, like, this quick little glance, and, like, I was just like... He's fucking her. They could have tried to have done like somewhat of a better job of hiding it. Did you really? Oh no. No, yeah. dude, it was like, no, he was totally helping her out of the boat and all that kind of shit. And then when they get, I'm pulling it up right yeah. now. I'm pulling and, and, it back up right now. I totally missed it. Yeah, and then when it came to Sarah, he was like, yeah, whatever, you can help yourself out of the boat. You know, I he was like, you know, I, I, are I, you I, okay? At are the you part of the movie? It's like, I was not paying super close attention, yeah. so it would make sense that I missed it. But I'm pulling it up now just to kind of take. Yeah, it. and just again, uh, King, just super quick backtrack. It's like. The, it's like you're you're you super skipped, and it's like the thing is like 
you know, yeah, accident happened and, you know, total final destination shit, took out the husband, took out the baby. Yeah. All right. You can't yep. forget. Took, took out the out. baby. Yeah. But yeah. Yep. You know, and yeah, I was like, when that happened, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> and, <they laughs> jumped, I was like I, and it shows the rod through the baby, like, you know, through the, the yeah, back, back of the baby seat. And all that. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, holy shit. They fucking went there. I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, God. you so, know, yeah, I was like, cool. clap my. I was clapping my hands. I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. <laughs> but, but, yeah. <laughs> so, All right, King. Are you talking so – I'll they, jump in real quick. You're talking about the part when he, like, helps take the helmet off of her and how they look at each other? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it was obviously Yeah, you know, I, I, I must have, like, like been, like, doing something, but I, I missed that little – that second right there. Like pot? <laughs> so, no, yeah, I, so I was you not. don't admit that they're not in the – you don't admit that they're not in the boring <laughs> cavern. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so Juno admits that they're in a new cave system that's not in the book. Like she doesn't want the book. She decided to do this because she thought that it would meant that they could all have a new adventure together, discovering a new system. And also, rescue is pretty much a no go. Yeah. Because a flight plan to Borm Caverns was made, but they're not there. They're not at Borm Caverns. They're at a new system. And then June also explains that she hoped this trip would be the thing to repair the relationship between her and Sarah. So they descend further into this new cave system. Rebecca discovers some climbing equipment embedded into the rocks, and June nearly falls to her death while traversing the chasm from one entryway to another. And then they find a cave drawing which depicts two entrances, which leads the group to believe that there's a way out. So we just have to find the other entrance. We're going to be okay. So Holly, at one point, decides to rush ahead of Juno and make her way through a passage where she thinks she sees daylight. Juno tells her that's not daylight. What you're seeing, you have to stop. But Holly ends up falling down a hole and breaking her leg. As the group descends down, they find help for Holly and pushing her bone back into her leg. It's it's not just a break, man. It's the bone protruding leg. Break, yeah. you know? and those are the ones that get me, you know? Like, those are the ones, like, whenever there's, like, the breaking of the skin, and there's just some fucking bone, like, bone, sticking man, out. That fucking like, compound oh, fucking fracture, man. Compound oh, fracture. Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. You know, but thankfully there's a doctor, you know, Sam, I think was the uh, the character's name. Yeah. Uh, yes. you know, yep. Like I said, she's the one from The Witcher. And uh, see, look at that. Look, mm-hmm. I remember the character's name without even having to look it hey, up. Hey, there you go. It also helps that it. it's one of my kids. So I guess that, that probably, like, <laughs> yeah. in that. But, uh, but yeah, you know, like, and little things that, like, we're, that, that you, you, I know we're trying to move kind of quickly. I mean, we got a little bit of time. Um so as they're progressing through the cave, you know, we had moments in which, like, the uh, the one tall blonde chick, uh, who I don't remember her name, Sam's sister, though, like, she does this. this Rebecca. She has to, like, get a line to go across this long expanse of yep. fucking cave yep. at this point, man, at the one mm-hmm. point, man. And that was just, like, an, an intense moment as she's dangling. Into, oh, yeah. I don't. I don't like heights, and you know what? Mountain climbing is probably something that I am never going to do in the course of my life, and, like, this is more akin to that, you know? <laughs> but as she's, like, yep. you know, putting these, these hooks, these latch things in to them, like, and, and look, I like some extreme things, don't get me wrong. Like, I want to, you know, there's, there's a bunch of things that I do want to do, but fucking scaling a mountain ain't one of them. Um, what are some of them? Sh- we will get uh, to, not, not the time with. Hang gliding, like I'm uh, yeah. for that. Um, 
you know, zip, zip lining, shit, shit like that. I'm all good with that. But, you know, again, the scaling of a mountain is just a no. But, you know, as, as they're going across this chasm, she also notices hooks. Mm-hmm. So we know that other, other miners yeah. have been down here before. Other, other people have been down here, something of which, you know, mm-hmm. what's her face, uh, Juno didn't think at that point. Remember, she had said that nobody had no. ever been down there. Yep. Yeah, she didn't think anybody had ever explored the system. So with Holly bandaged up, Sarah walks away and discovers that there's a humanoid being in this cave system drinking water. And when she looks at it, it quickly runs away. My precious. The group continues searching for a way out. And that's when they come across an area filled with human bones and animal bones. So Sarah, using her infrared on the camera that Holly had given her, discovers the creature, which we'll call the crawler from this point on, tries to attack them. As they try to escape, the crawler reappears and kills Holly by biting her viciously on her throat. Sarah <laughs> runs for her life and eventually falls into a hole and is knocked unconscious. Juno fights the crawler with her pickaxe, and as she tries to keep her from taking away Holly's body, she manages to kill the crawler, but all being revved up on adrenaline, she turns around when Beth approaches and gets her right in the neck with her pickaxe. Dude, and Beth she reacts. does a straight. Does yeah. a straight I mean, that's up, like, like one of those. Like, straight through the fucking back being, of the neck. You guys yeah. are being attacked by all these creatures. And, like, Juno yeah, is, like, totally, she totally turns badass. Like, everybody's running and screaming, and Juno's fighting. Like, this girl, like, if yeah. you fight, fight, she is all fight, man. She's swinging that pickaxe. She's killing these fucking things. You know, she, she's going at it. So what Beth was doing, climb, you know, coming up behind her quietly after just watching her stick that fucking thing in something else. Like, come on. At that point, you need to be, like, identifying yourself by, like, ten feet back. Like, hey, Juno, <laughs> don't swing your pickaxe in this direction. I'm coming behind you right now. Yeah, but she doesn't, and she swings that pickaxe at Beth right through the neck, and Beth drops to the ground, and, and at first, Juno's like, oh, shit, oh, shit, I didn't mean it, I didn't mean it, and Beth manages to pull the pendant off of Juno's neck as Juno decides she's not going to stay with Beth, she's going to leave. And then we see that like, Sarah eventually comes, too. What does she want to, to fucking do, though? Sit there and get eaten <laughs> while fucking Beth is <laughs> <laughs> and a fucking dying. She's not gonna. She can't pick it. She put the fucking pickaxe pick to her head. Like, did she want to like kill her? You know what I mean? Like, do you want me yeah. to put you out of your misery? Yep. Like, what do you want me to do at that point? Like, this is gonna yeah, come up later I, I in the film. I didn't blame you at that point. <clears throat> yeah, it's like come I, up later I would be in the out film, there. And I have a major too. problem with it. Um, <laughs> so Sarah eventually comes to and sees that all around her are animal and human bones, skulls and femurs and all that. Uh, so using Welcome the infrared camera, she gets movie. to watch the... Yes, I know. <laughs> so using the infrared camera given to her by Holly, <clears throat> Sarah watches as the crawlers feast on Holly's corpse. And meanwhile, Rebecca and Sam continue to look for an exit. Sarah watches the feast go on as a crawler comes close to her and even growls in her face, but it can't see her leading to the reveal that these crawlers are blind and only can rely on scent and sound. Oh. So Sarah manages to make a torch using Holly's <laughs> clothing and some animal bones. So she has her torch as Rebecca and Sam now, once I again know, continue to look for an exit. 
Mm-hmm. I'll, yep. I don't mean to keep interrupting. Well, yes, I do. You know what? I don't give a fuck. I'm going to say shit. I, I know you can read on the Wikipedia, right? It's going to say scent. Like, these creatures have developed a strong sense of smell. Well, for one thing, cave creatures like that actually don't. Most of the time, their noses get closed off because there's all kinds of fucking dangerous gases and shit down there, um, which is why mm-hmm. they also, you know, a lot, a lot of their eyes typically go one of two ways. You either see big eyes so that they can take in any light imaginable. So like when we used yes. to be tripping on LSD and our pupils dilated, <laughs> the reason why we're Ooh. seeing shit move around is because we're taking in more light, you know, and that's why shit like starts to get weird and wavery. But regardless, another thing that does happen is yes, the, the creatures do go blind and, you know, they develop other senses. Like there, there are creatures that use infrared. Um, and again, like we know with bats, they, 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 use sonar um yes so the the scent thing though which which i know is described when you read up on this movie but at no point yeah. in this film do you see these creatures actually use their sense of smell they walk over i agree multiple times and don't smell yep. them you know so like if the sense of scent if the sense of smell was engaged in any <laughs> yeah. way it was not shown in this film no i agree not at all it was all sound like they they say scent, but yeah, I completely agree. Um, because as Rebecca and Sam are jump scared by one of the crawlers <clears throat> that to attack them, Juno shows up with her pickaxe and she kills the crawler. And they ask her about what's happened. Oh, you know, Holly's dead. I saw you know Beth being killed. Like we just need to go because I found these cave drawings that have another entrance, a direct path to get out. But yeah, but what happened to Beth? She's dead. And I can't leave without Sarah. I can't leave without Sarah. We've got to find Sarah. And they're like, okay, well, let's, let's go. <laughs> we should just fucking leave at this point. I'd be like, fuck Sarah, man. She's on her own, man. <laughs> we yeah. got to get out. It's like, it's, I, I would not be, really, you know. It's, it's, it's like Juno is, like, really throwing me off here, like, with her mad dedication to finding Sarah. It's like, Dude, because when we get. Yep. <sighs> oh, Okay. Uh, yeah, all right. it's, a, cool. it's a guilt thing for this particular character. Remember, her whole idea of coming down here and doing all of this and having this 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 experience with Sarah was meant to be a bonding for her and Sarah based on the year that they've lost because she wasn't there for her. But that was also because you know she found it hard to be around Sarah because of the death of the same man that they both loved. Now, of course, this isn't explained in any exposition. You're supposed to nope. kind of surmise all of this on your own when, you know, you <laughs> find out, surprise, surprise, that Trudeau <laughs> was fucking sad. Exactly, was fucking okay. her husband. Yeah, because we, we cut back to Sarah, and she comes across Beth, who is still alive despite getting that pickaxe in the neck. And Beth tells Sarah that Juno hit her in the neck with the axe and left her, abandoned her. Probably shouldn't trust, trust that her. bitch. Like, fuck but Beth you, hands lady. Sarah the Beth with the appendant hands it to Sarah, and when Sarah looks at it, it's from her fucking husband Paul. What the fuck? Yeah, we we got it. We got it, Neil. We got it earlier in the movie that Juno and her husband are fucking. And the um, you know, was possibly the Juno. This catchphrase is that you might have said, be like, <laughs> yeah, my. It's like, how fucking cocky? you got to be the sister and be like, yeah, I'm tapping that shit. My dick must be so fucking good. I'm fucking... Here's a pendant. Mark. 
<laughs> See, going, here you go. This pussy was, was, hit, was hit by this dick. Here's your pendant. <laughs> On this date at this time, I got that pussy. Here's a pendant that I got for you in the claw machine. At the it's the date and time is on the other side, actually. It's stamped in. <laughs> They do that at so the What they don't know is there's like other girls in other states, like all over the place, you know, all all throughout the entire world and other countries. Like he had he had hoes in different area codes. There he goes. I got hoes. But like you got, well, like, it, 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 it doesn't count as cheating if you're three area codes away. <laughs> <laughs> you tell that. You tell yeah, that. Monkey's to the got it. And she would and see what she does to you, monkey. Um. But I like, don't want to be there for that. I, I, I love Beth's whole clip. Lucky like, was found dead in the Susquehanna River this evening. <laughs> don't trust her. Why? Because she left your ass? This fucking creature's running around, bitch. You snuck up behind her and she stuck the pickaxe in your neck. You know damn well. Like, the way she, like, presents it to Sarah is if, like, Juno purposefully killed her. Like, that it didn't happen in but, some kind of, like, it was an freakish accident. accidental yeah, moment, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 It's completely an accident. It wasn't intentional, but, yeah, Beth presented as that. The thing is, like, um, how is Mark got to be, though, of, you know, shit of lady circle because ladies talk, okay? You don't fucking tap. Well, if you're going to sit there and do some shit, you bitches don't know each other in any way, shape, or form. It's like, because when ladies get together and they have a couple of drinks and they talk, you know, if they get to fighting, you're not going to be like, well, you know what? I, I've been fucking your man this entire time and you didn't even fucking know it. It's like, no, you do not hit the same circles. It's like, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, but they're <laughs> new friends, though. Beth is the only old friend. Because, you know, Beth, Juno, and Sarah, they're the three original friends we saw at the beginning of the movie. Rebecca, Sam, and Holly, they're new friends. Like they're not friends that were there a year ago. So yeah, I think they like they met through like some kind of that. school, college thing or something yeah. too. Like they were saying. Yeah. Um, you know, but the, here's the other thing too. Beth takes the pendant from Juno, right? So like, uh, does Beth know prior that Juno was banging her husband, or while Beth? Oh, I don't think was so. In her in her death throes, as she was laying there in the dark waiting for the creatures to eat her, was she, like, turning the pendant over in her hand and deciding to read it? And, like, did she have the realization mm. at that point, like, oh, she was fucking Sarah's husband. Oh, that bitch. I, I hope Sarah fucking comes <laughs> my corpse. I hope she finds my dying I body. I more now. <laughs> this is yeah. this is fucking catchphrase. <laughs> I mean, it, it's possible. Um, but, yeah, it's quite possible Beth had that time to look at the pen and be like, oh, shit, like, you know, uh, your Juno is fucking your husband. But, you know, yeah, with well, that being dying. said, I think while you got these things running around eating people, you got thing you're holding. better things to be dealing than fucking than reading the pen that you pulled off of your other Sarah, Sarah, we have to talk for a second. Sarah? <laughs> Like, I'm dying, but your husband was doing you dirty, and he was fucking you. Oh, my God. Okay, now you can kill me. Now you can put me in my misery and put that rock to my head and kill me. Because I said what I had to say. I love you, but Juno's a bitch. <laughs> but, 
that's what happened. Sarah eventually puts Beth out of her misery by hitting her with a rock. And then as that happens, Sarah has no time she to warn her friend. She one-shots because... her with the rock, okay? Because, you know, yeah, know, skulls don't have any kind of, like, thick integrity or anything like that. So obviously Sarah decided to pick up a rock of, like, a decent size, <laughs> but must have had, like, the mass of a black hole. Because it was like, boom, head exploded, done deal. We're good to one go. One shot. <laughs> one shot, and Beth is dead. And I was like, it would have been great if she like, picked that rock up. She's like, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> this is why okay, your husband was dead. fucking judo, bitch. Can't you finish me? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, we get Sarah being attacked by multiple crawlers, which she takes out numerous times. And then eventually she falls into a pond, which is filled with blood. And then she pops out like Martin Sheen in Apocalypse Now, and she's in beast mode now. <laughs> <laughs> Why was there a gigantic lake of blood? Where does the huge lake (laughs) of blood come from? Like, what the fuck, man? Like, (laughs) like, questionable moments in this movie. Like, okay, you know, you, I I get it from like, you want to make like a dramatic statement. You need to have like this, this crazy looking scene. What, what can we do? Well, we have all this water down here and stuff. Let's, let's just fill one with, like, is this the blood of, like, all of their victims? Have they been draining them into, like, this pool? Yeah. Do, they, yeah. do they suck <laughs> on it? Like, they're not vampires. Supposedly, they're just human no. beings that didn't, that evolved into this direction because they never left the cave. Yeah, and like I said, when she pops out of that water, like, fucking Martin Sheen Apocalypse now, and she's in beast mode, they go, fuck, can't fuck with her now. Sarah's in bees mode. So, meanwhile, a large group of crawlers attack Juno, Rebecca, and Sam. Sam attempts to get across a large chasm in a cave, but is attacked by a crawler from the ceiling and has her throat ripped out. But luckily, she manages to stab it before dying right in front of her friends, in front of Juno and Rebecca. More crawlers arrive and eat Rebecca alive. And that, to me, this moment with Rebecca is the fucking gnarliest fucking scene when she's attacked by the crawlers and they're eating her alive and she's screaming the entire time and they're eating at, in her abdomen, I was like, oh, fuck. No, no. Oh, it's right, way to go right out of Dawn of the Dead, Good. man. You know, like when, the, when yes. the guy gets yep. opened up on the fucking blood pressure machine. You know, like that, that was something that fucked me up as a kid. And, that, you know, yeah, watching it here, yeah, I agree. You know, for me, out of the entire film, the one sequence that actually, like, I guess kind of... I, I guess the best way to say it would be like kind of gave me like it gave me a bit of anxiety. It kind of scared me was when Sarah Ooh. got stuck during that one yes. point. Oh, you know, because oh, that's yeah. oh, early on. Fears. Like, yeah, yeah I, when they first I would, I the would freak the f- yeah. I would freak the fuck out. Yep. Like there's zero fucking yeah. way. Like I would not like I went into some cave when we were out in PA. We did like one of those like we found one of those like caverns, you know, go explore these caverns. Mm-hmm. And as we got like down into like the lower section and it got like real small and real tight, it's like, yeah, man, like like I, I'm not claustrophobic, but just the idea of being so like unable to move like that, it's just like Yeah, yeah I'm yep. good, man. It freaks me out. I ain't getting an MRI. Oh, it, 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 fuck it. It fucking terrified me when she was in there, yeah. Go ahead, Monkey. Yeah, and that, that's something I was hoping they were going to explore more in the film was the sense of claustrophobia, the sense of closing in. You know, but, you yeah. know, we had our yeah. first, you know, first 10 minutes. That was it. You know, while the rest of it was just open chasms all over the place, I was really, really hoping they were going to go and mess with us more on a 
Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. So I guess you moved that. Monkey? Okay. Right. We might have again. But anyway, yeah, so I agree with you, Ghoul. Uh, seeing that scene, like when she's freaking out and her friend's like, calm down, calm down, calm down. We're going to get you out of there. I'm like, no, I'll be freaking the fuck out too. I'm like, dude, I'm going to die. I'm going to die here. Like, please don't let me die. You know, in this particular scene, like, you know, so, you know, they're like, no, 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 relax, relax, relax. But um, we get through that. Calm so down. Juno and Sarah eventually reunite. And Sarah's, <laughs> yeah, the Myers came. This creature's here. I shot him six times. Like, you know, but no. <laughs> Loomis isn't around for this cave sequence. So Sarah and Juno reunite, and Sarah asks her about Holly and Beth, and Juno's like, well, I saw Beth die. Like, it was crazy. Like, we need to get out of here. And Sarah's like, yeah, I smell your bullshit, but let's keep going, you know. And Juno doesn't even mind she's covered in blood. So eventually they get together once again and fight off a group of crawlers before Sarah confronts Juno, giving her the pendant, and then immediately, without saying anything, stabs her in the leg with a pickaxe. And suddenly the sound of the crawler is drawing closer, and Sarah makes her escape from the cave as we see Juno get surrounded in really fucking bad CGI for 2005. You know, I was like, ugh, it's so bad. But okay, it's 2005. We've got to forgive it. we got to forgive I, it a little bit. again, this is the point where up until, up until now, I could follow all of Sarah's. I could see Sarah as your, your good guy, so to say, right? I know Juno yeah. did something mm-hmm. fucked up. She fucked this woman's husband. I know Juno, whatever. You want to feel like she abandoned your friend, this and that. Okay. That's something you deal with when you get out of the cave. The fact that Sarah yeah. decides to make such a vicious turn here, you know, based on, on what Beth said with barely talking to Juno about any of this other than asking her that, you know, Juno did the right thing. You know what, Sarah? Right now, we've got these fucking creatures that are trying to eat us. Now is not the time to fucking determine <laughs> if I saw Beth die or not. Okay, why don't we get the fuck out of the cave, get a couple miles away in the Jeep, like, you know, we're going to watch you in a couple minutes go fucking flying like your bod in that fucking thing, you know? And, and, and then we can have this discussion. But no, no, we want to have this now, and then you're going to turn on me, bitch, and make me be the fucking thing that all these motherfuckers are going to eat while, while you're running away. <laughs> Yeah, so Sarah decides that she's going to run away as we hear the screams of the crawlers coming closer. Sarah tries to climb up all the bones, all the skulls, and everything that she could find to make it out of the cave, which she does. Um, and she gets to the earth, crushing out of there, and she gets to the surface, running through the woods, getting down to one of the cars that they arrived in, and she speeds off the freedom and eventually pulls over. And that's when she has that moment of, like, you know what? Like, everything I've been through, I'm going to start to cry, and she sobs. And then as the tractor trailer passes her, she decides, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and vomit out the window. And as she vomits out the window and leans over, when she pulls back up, Juno, in her bloodied form, is sitting next to her when she screams. And then they close out. Oh, shit! But... You want to talk about the extended version? Because that's not, yeah, I was going to say, that's not the version I'll watch. (laughs) Yeah, do you want to talk about the extended version of this movie, which has Sarah doing exactly what happened? That version mm -hmm? was the original version uh, that was thought to be too depressing for American audiences. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah. And I love it. I actually prefer the extended mm-hmm. version because I love how fucking bleak it is. So let's get into it. 
Um, so after seeing a bloody Juno, Sarah once again wakes up in the caves covered in blood. Her escape was a hallucination, and as she gets up, she sees her daughter Jessica sitting across from her with a birthday cake in front of her. All the candles are lit, and then as the camera pulls out, we see that the glow from the birthday cake is actually the torch that she had been carrying, and that Sarah is still stuck in that cave as the crawlers scream and come closer to her. So I love that fucking ending. I was like, I wish that had been the theater. Absolutely. Because that's so you know, fucking bleak and so effective. It is great. It's a better ending, if you ask me. It's definitely the way they should have yeah. went. You know, I don't know. Yep. I, I understand that you want to they, – they, they do whatever they do when they pull American audiences for this kind of stuff. Honestly, a lot of times I really wish they would just do whatever the opposite is of what those American audiences say. You know, this movie, which it was successful. Don't get me wrong. It was successful. But if you would have given it that mm-hmm. bleak ending here, I feel like it would have been one of those movies that everybody would have blown up talking about because of how fucked up that ending was and probably would have doubled the amount of money the movie made in theaters. Um, Double? But regardless, one of the things that I thought like throughout the entirety of the movie and mostly because of the opening sequence in which we we glossed over, I figured that the majority of this movie was taking place in her head anyway. Um, Because of the hospital. When she wakes up in the hospital and everything is going black behind her as she's running down the hallway. Like, I took it as maybe this is some kind of, like, maybe she did die in that accident. And all of this has just kind of been like a a, a set of, of events that are going on in her head with each character being a representation of like her or her thoughts of her right. friends and whatnot. You know, like all of a sudden you have other girls that aren't normally there. One's like a younger version of her and so forth and so forth. But no, I mean, look, I, I preferred that other ending though, very much. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like the theatrical ending, but I think that that extended offers so much more. And yeah, I'm all mm-hmm. for bleak ending. Like I've said on the show yeah. for so many years, I like when horror movies have a bleak ending because it's a fucking horror yeah. movie. We shouldn't have a happy ending. We should have a bleak ending. Yeah. There should be no happiness. Yeah. Give us a movie like where, you, you know, when couples are walking out, they're holding hands. Not because they're in love, but because they're fucking scared. You know, we'll give us a movie where we, we take that date and we get in the car, we check the fucking back seat. You know, that's the <laughs> yeah. point of a horror movie is to make yeah. you feel that uncomfortable. You're not supposed to walk out of a horror movie feeling warm and fuzzy. You know, that's what Friday nope. the 13th movies are for, you know, <laughs> and yeah. scream movies. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. you, know, the, you know, these kind of movies are supposed to sit there and be something on a different level. And when I watched that extended ending, it's like, yeah, I was like, wow, you know, b- because it leaves so much up. It? Yeah. It, it creates so, a so much better discussion with that ending versus the American. Yeah. Ending. Oh, completely. Uh, like one of my favorite endings of all time is Night of the Living Dead, the '68 Romero movie. Where, like, Ben wakes up the next day, and he's like, all right, I'm the only survivor. Like, this is great. Like, what am I going to do next? And then he gets shot right in the head because he moves in front of the window, and the hunters think he's a zombie. And then you get to see him being handled with the pickaxes and the hooks and being dragged onto the fire. I was like, that's a fucking horror movie ending. That's the way it should be. Like, there should be no safety. Like, you just, you're never going to escape it. So one of my favorite 
movie endings of all time is always going to be Night, uh, Night of the Living Dead. Because, like, it, you're not safe. Like, you might have made it to dawn, but, yeah, nope, you didn't. Because there's people outside, you know. And as silly as Ben might have been, like, he should have yelled out the window and been like, I'm alive, I'm alive, but no. You're talking about the 1990 version, right? That one's actually really good, too, though. I will no, no, I'm just making a joke. I'm just making a joke. And, yes, no. I know that one is really good. I'm just, I'm just making a joke. Yeah. I, no, but I completely agree with you, too, though. The 1990 remake by Tom Savini was really good, too, because Ben becomes a zombie. Yeah, man. Oh, man, that's just And when up. Tony Todd shows up as a zombie and Patricia Tallman playing Barbara is like, yeah, he's dead. Like, and she has to watch him get shot in the head. Like, this guy tried to save you the entire movie, and he's dead. Yeah, so, yeah. I know you were trying to, you know, poke a little fun, Dean, but I agree. That ending is so good, too. I really appreciated that movie as a remake. But it was handled by the right people. Um, so, anyway, that was The Descent from 2005. Thank you so much for the pick, Mad Monkey. Uh, again, I am not going to be here next week. So, you guys, uh, go I believe it's your pick. What do you have for the boys? Uh, well, you know, I'm sorry, what would you say, Dean? I said these inquiring minds want to know. Oh, well, well, for one thing, I guess I'm I'm glad that I opted away from what I was originally going to pick, because I'm sure you would want to be here for George Romero's season of The Witch. Um, But I I had already decided a ways back. I decided that like two hours ago that it wasn't going to be my pick anyway. Um, so instead, I have like a list. I, uh, I went D&D style. I had a list of ten movies. I rolled the ten-sided die. And what we will be covering next, next week is a, uh, a Shudder original. So that is where you guys will find it. It is a foreign film called All the Moons. I've seen that one. I hope you enjoy it, guys. I've seen All right, it. I'm putting so, it on my shutter list right now. All the moons. Monkey, okay, check it out. I don't know if you're going to be a part of next week's episode. I hope you are. Um, but well, yeah. yes. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to miss you guys <laughs> next week. I really am. <laughs> you know, my seen, first uh, official night off. You know, the Dean been taking the night off next week? Had the Dean been taking the night off as well next week, Monkey would have had a very, very entertaining time with me because I had a movie lined up for just the two of us if that was the event. But unfortunately, yeah, my friend, you'll have to wait. Right. What, Blade Runner? You'll have to wait on what, that Blade, one. What, <laughs> Blade? Blade? <laughs> well, I was going to say, what were we going to do, Blade Runner? <laughs> no, oh, no, wow. I'm going to torture the king through that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so anyway... Uh, Dean, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Descent. Oh, my, my and fine pleasure. have fun next week. My fine pleasure. So exciting. Enjoy right. your concert. I hope you get a photo op and autograph. Ooh, I'm looking forward to it. So, Mikey, why don't I go ahead Sexy and sign yourself off? To all of our freaky darlings out there, thank you for listening and letting me come in your ears. Good night, everybody. Mwah! All right. Cool. Go ahead and sign yourself off. Stay out of caves unless you're a professional spelunker. Unlike the king, (laughs) he will never never spelunk. He will never spell or look. He will never never be the spelunk king. He will never be the spelunk king. But aside from that, (laughs) which was terrible, stay scared, everybody. Stay scared. We'll see you next week. 
And as always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, thanking you so much for listening to this episode. Hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail odorous, watch horror movies, keep America strong. I'm going to miss you guys next week, but I can't wait for you guys to have a great episode. So until we meet again, I'll see you guys in two weeks. Boys, take it from here. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.